Hi, I'm Gavin Shields and this is Self Storage Explained. Expert advice on how to set up and scale your self storage business. Hi, Stefan. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, everyone, this is uh, Stefan from Sadisto who uh, has joined us and I've known Stefan for a few years. And I think we were on a panel together in Sweden uh, sure. not so long ago as well. Um, so, Stefan, would you mind uh, starting, please, by introducing yourself and uh, Sadisto, please? Oh, yeah, I can do that. So my name is Stefan. I, um, I'm actually a telco guy. I worked in telco industry in, in, in big uh, blue chip companies for more than 20 years. And then I moved over to a startup called uh, Sensorberg uh, some years ago. And uh, since one and a half years, um, I was starting up uh, Sidisto together with my partner there, Niels. And we both started the company Sidisto. Great. Okay. You know what Sidisto is about. So we are providing... We say we are your entry point into digital self storage, which you can also see if you look up Sidisto on the web page. So what we provide is um, an access control system for including the boxes and all the outer shelf elevators whatsoever, whatever you need to steer. And on top of that, we do a lot of sensoric. So we're getting all, all these sensor data. We are working now on security solutions. We also partner with, with other partners in the industry for providing full-fledged uh, one-stop shopping for, you know, um, emergency cases. Uh, these, uh, If something burns down, we have experts for, for planning all of that. So it's a big network of experts in it. In That's why your, your entry point. Okay. And we work with software companies like Stora. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so these are then, so from a smart entry system point of view, so your solution works on shared doors, gates, and roller shutter doors. What about uh, units? So I think you mentioned there it can also go onto unit doors as well. Um, we have lots of customers who have indoor yeah, storage. That's correct. Um, basically, we can cover everything which is outside a building and the building itself, which I would say call it the outer shelf. But we also steer every door inside. We steer um, elevators and we steer, and that's probably um, something a little bit unique, is we also steer the box units themselves. So you can you don't need a padlock anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so you can work with uh, these locks on the box units, which gives you a hell lot of advantages. Uh, starting with the first one is just security, because if there's no padlock, then it's uh, of course you cannot break in. <laughs> so you need a very heavy tooling to get into these doors, actually. Okay. Okay. And um, what about uh, if you're an operator running a container site? So we've lots of container operators who will have, uh, you know, a smart entry system on their gates. What about lock yeah. on container doors? Is that something you're able to support? This is something I was looking for for a couple of years already. And uh, every, every Fedesa show, I go to the container guys and have a look at the locks. Um, System-wise, we could do it. The problem is that there is no real good lock for containers yet. Yeah, that's the big problem with it. So there's no digital lock, more, no electrical lock, no smart lock that you can actually use to lock a container at the moment. So we do have customers with container storage, but there we only do the outer shelf, so the gates and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the container themselves, that's still something open. What we can do is we can put storage units within a container and use that with solar power and everything and have, let's say, 10 boxes within a container. And these we can open uh, with the app and, and or with the pin code, um, but not the container itself. That's still something missing. 
Okay. And and your so your locks for for the doors for unit doors let's say for an indoor self storage facility, um you can um you can put those on at the time of installing the you know the the uh, the, the steel units, but um I think also you can retrofit that your locks onto existing doors. Is that right? Uh, yeah, both is possible. So normally. If you have a new build, then the partitioner, when they build up the, the box partitions, they already can put the locks into that. So they have a special profile for that. So all of them know it. So it's nothing new, actually. Mm-hmm. Or you can do a retrofit. For that, you need a special little profile, which we provide or we provide the drawings. I mean, that's nothing we produce in a way. Uh, so you need just three rivet- rivets. And then you with the rivets, you can put this profile onto the existing door. And then you can use those, uh, the South School locks the electromechanical locks okay and then um do you also have any kind of uh alarms on the doors or any so if if you are putting it on every single unit uh, how do they work well we don't have a uh, we don't have an alarm in in that case we what we have is we have two sensors uh within the lock so we have a a so-called lock status and the door status so we do know when the door is open there's a magnetic read contact which is built in into the lock already Mm-hmm. And we have uh, a status of the lock itself, if the lock is closed or not. So we have two uh, sensors in, in each door. And uh, if you want, you can also add, let's say, motion sensors to it. But that's something we are still working on. So from, from the platform side, we have it, but we're still looking for the, the right sensors to use, actually. Um, okay. That's one thing. And the other thing is that we also want to cover the security aspect in the future by working closer together with these um, CCTV assistance mm-hmm. and we're also trying to use lightning by the way to find out um, what's happening on the ground and then we bring that together with an algorithm i wouldn't call it ai because i think everybody talks about ais but that's something we're going to show you most likely at the next big fedesa show in stockholm in october okay okay Okay, and then for for the lifts. So if you've got two floors in your self storage facility, um, I presume that the way that works is that you know some customers, the ones on the upper floor, will be able to use the lift. Ones on the ground floor won't. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we can do that um, as well. That's that's a normal steering of access control for elevators. That's not a it's okay. not a rocket science. Yeah. Uh, you, do you need that for 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 all the self storage premises? I doubt. I think sometimes you burn a lot of money with that if you if you use the elevator steering. Um, but that's mm-hmm. case by case. So we discuss it with the customers what is the best option for security for access control between okay. different floors. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I'm just going to ask a few questions about the customer experience. Then, so assuming, let's say you're you know you're a customer of a self storage facility that has uh, used your solution, used Sedisto uh, on the gates and the units. What's the customer experience? So let's say they're using Store and they book online and they're about to move in. You know, to this later on today, uh, yeah. what what does the customer get? How do they open the doors and the gates? So the customer will receive an email after his booking, and in this email, he will have a link to an app, mm-hmm. and he can download the app. And the app is then branded by the logo of uh, the operator. Mm-hmm. And with that app, you can actually open all kind of doors and boxes that you have actually access to. Okay. And if you want to use a PIN, you can also still use a PIN. So also within the app, you can see the PIN code. So every customer has an individual PIN code. All right. So the readers on the on the door, they also work with the PIN pad. So uh, very nice uh, from third-party suppliers. So it's really industrial readers uh, that we use there. 
And within the premise, you can also use a kind of a kiosk system in which you can enter your pin code. And then you see on the screen of the kiosk system, which boxes and entrances you are, uh, you are able to open. And then you can just press the button and open the boxes. I see. Okay. Okay. So that, that's quite nice for back then. So if you're at the front gate and yeah. maybe you don't have a, maybe, I don't know, your Bluetooth isn't working or whatever it is, you, you can still use a pin. That's correct. And you just mentioned, you just mentioned Bluetooth. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but it's true. We also use Bluetooth. So we have a, a dual opening. So if you, if you, if the customer press the button of the app, mm -hmm. then you have two requests going out. So one goes via Bluetooth. The other one goes via the cloud. Okay. Uh, whoever is the faster one will open the door. Uh -huh. But just in case that you don't have uh, an internet connection on your phone, which can happen. Mm -hmm. So I know storage is three floors down, uh, concrete, a lot of steel. So you don't have mobile access anymore, mm -hmm. uh, then you, it will open with Bluetooth. So you are safe on this one. But you are also safe in a way if your premise doesn't have internet, it will also uh, work on the premise because we have, uh, the, let's say, the backend system is in the cloud. It's cloud-based, but it's also on the, on the premise. So the permissions are actually handled on the premise. Okay, okay. So we tried to be, so what we did is we tried to use all the experience we had also in the other, in the other companies before and all the use cases and the customers, all the experience we put in that software, which is brand new. It's just a year old. And, um, we tried to make it extremely fail safe. So even the, we have a, a very dedicated IOT gateway, which is a, a industrial piece of hardware. And even if, if you have no internet connection, as I said, the permissions are there and even if you want for new bookings, which are then would not be possible if you have no internet connection, you mm -hmm. even have an LTE backup if you want. So uh, all of that is, is 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 safe. And even if the if this industrial piece of hardware would fail, which is very undoubtful, then our lock control units would directly uh, connect to an emergency backend, so you can still open the door. So it's it's pretty fail safe. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, all right. And so uh, one of the things that a lot of, uh, one of the big benefits I find of having kind of a, a smart entry system at my facilities is if a payment fails, yes, being able to just uh, turn off access. So is, is, is that the way uh, your system works too? So if somebody's payment fails, the software system can communicate to your system and say this person's right. access is now disabled? Absolutely correct. So it, it is handled by the, 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 the leading system, like, like yours, like Stora, for example. And uh, if there's no payment, then there's no access. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so uh, what about the operator experience? So let's say, you know, they, uh, they meet you and they, they decide to get your, your system installed. What, what, what is the typical experience? You know, do, do some of your team come out to the facility? Uh, do you get a quote? Uh, and then is there an installation date? Um, uh, yeah. And, and do, do they need to think about getting power to all the gates and internet cables to gates? Or what's what's the process there if you're an operator looking to... Um, well, if you're an operator, uh, normally we first have a first contact. We talk about the system. We talk about their, their, their problems more or less. We explain what we can do. Then normally we get a, a floor plan on, on the facilities, if it includes the boxes especially. And then we do a Bluetooth planning. So we, we play in the range of the Bluetooth devices. And we also plan where the lock control units will be placed, actually. And they get a, a nice drawing with everything in there. So where do we need 220 volts? And we even make suggestions on, on how to cable everything. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, I should tell you that we can, um, you don't need a network cable to each lock control unit. You can also put them in a row, so to say, so it's more easy to install. And um, they get all of that from us, but we don't have an installation team. So what, what typically is in a new build is, as I said before, the box builder, the partitioner, mm-hmm. they build in the lock, they put in a, a dedicated mm-hmm. cable into that uh, Southco lock and put it to the top of the box and they are done. And the next guy coming in is normally an electrician or a network guy. Um, if they if they provide electrician, they just take a, a LAN cable and they, they click into the controller. It's a, it's a click-click system. Very, very simple to install. Um, why do I know that? Because I've done it on my own <laughs> and I'm not a technical guy. I've done it on my own with our first customers. Well, Niels and myself, we were installing the whole building on our own mm-hmm. uh, and it took us, I think, six hours. Wow, okay. <clears throat> so so the, the installation is done, the combination of the uh, the people doing the fit out and yep. like a local electrician or whoever you're using for the electrics. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So everybody can do it. As, 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 if I can do it, everybody can do it. I, well, <laughs> what I cannot do it, I cannot bring in a 220 volt or 110 volt in the UK block. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has to be done by an electrician, of course, but that's, yeah. you have that for everything else, the same for video surveillance or whatever you need that, or you work with PoE. And what about, Stefan, what about the gates? So um, I'm just thinking about my sites. Uh, you know, I had a I had a company that came out and uh, added the motors to the gates so they opened and closed. Uh, and then um, the smart entry solution I have on, on my sites from four or five years ago, somebody from there came out and installed that. So for the gates, uh, is it the same? So maybe the electrician or whoever's installing the gate, they would have the hardware that they would buy from yourselves and they would install that. And it, it's you have instructions of how to do it. Is, is that how that works as well? So it's self-controlled there. That's flexible. Uh, we have partners where, well, let's say the electrician buys the hardware from us and, and mm-hmm. installs it, or we send the whole stuff over to the to the premise and the electrician just installs it. So okay. that's, we are flexible in this one. Okay, okay. All right. Um, and what about, so for, for the operator then, so they've got, they've installed your system. Uh, it sounds like, you know, I think I understand in the customer experiences that they book online or book over the phone or whatever. The day of their moving, they'll get a, an email with a link to download your app, which will be branded for the facility. Um, and then the customer can move in and out. What about the operator experience? So, um, you know, I think uh, you have you mentioned before we, we started the recording that you have a, a back office system um, that operators can look at. Um, what, what's kind of the on? I suppose the question is, what, what's the experience for an operator after the installation? Do they need yeah. to do things? Do they need to create codes or deal with stuff? Or, or is that managed typically by the software product that they're using? Yeah, the, the, for the daily operation, they work normally with, with, with uh, the leading systems like yours, for example, and, and others. Mm-hmm. But what they can do in our backend, they can do uh, a lot of nice things as well. So, for example, you can define different access times, different access groups. You have 24-7 oh, yeah. or only uh, in the afternoon, and you can divide it by different groups. Uh, you can also see in our backend uh, all the <coughs> openings. You can see whether our doors open or closed. You can see uh, if a cable is broken or not. So that's all to be seen in in, in our backend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still working on 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 let's say the, the opti- optical part, so how uh, how nice it looks like. Mm-hmm. So the data is all there, uh, and we even have even more data in the backend. And we're currently in discussion with our customers and also with leads what they would like to see. 
Yeah, for example, you can also see how many people were coming into the premise uh, by hours or in the morning or in the afternoon. So all the data is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has to be displayed. And the question is now for for the dashboard, actually, what kind of information they want. At the moment, we have normally just the openings in there, the interactions, open doors and broken cable. But we can show more on the back end as well. Okay. They can also do sharings. They can change things. They can do also remote opening, by the way, out of mm-hmm. the back end. That's, uh, that's also very simple. It, it's a search function in it. So if... If, if you as an operator get a, a call from your customer that says, oh, I, I can't open my box, I lost my phone or whatever, I'm standing in front of my box, and you would just say, okay, what, what is your box? You say, oh, it's number 17, and you have a generic search engine, you just press in 17, you will see the box immediately, you will open it, you see the tenant agreement, which is then linked by or pushed in by companies like Stora. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you see who it is. You can even ask him for authentication, for example, with a PIN code or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you can remotely open the door for him. That's all po- also all possible. Fantastic. And that's one of the things that I do a lot of my sites is because I don't have staff there, uh, and yeah. sometimes customers do just turn up at the front door. And, sorry, not customers. People want to have a look around, the potential customers. Yeah. And uh, I can carry out a tour of the facility you can do that, but you, you can also go a step further because for, for these, let's say, demo cases where we're, we're, we have a customer at the moment or a lead that we're discussing this intensively, mm-hmm. you can also have dedicated demo accounts that you can use for that, for example. And then you can give them specific access on specific times and dif- different boxes and, 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 and entrances. So you can, and that is maybe valid for a day or you define how long it's valid and then they can freely show around, uh, look around and, and see maybe two or three boxes and then they move out again. And afterwards they do a booking hopefully for you. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah, that's great. So like, so you, somebody could maybe, uh, you could give somebody access for one day so they can go and have a look around and decide what Correct. size they want and they can do that in their own time. Correct. Oh, nice one. Okay. Okay. Are you, are you able to uh, shed any light on the typical cost of this system uh, or how should people think about I think uh, I have a network issue on my side now. Gavin, I didn't, I didn't get the last question. I had a small delay on my side. Okay. Um, I'll just ask again. Are you okay if I ask about price, Stefan? Yeah, we can talk about pricing in, in, in a rough way. I mean, we're, we're still working on that. We're also flexible when it comes on on the methodologies in, in general, we have a, a, there's a price for the hardware, of course, which is, which is a bit given by the outer circumstances mm-hmm. because we, 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 we use hardware. We don't have own hardware. We use hardware from the market. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more or less a market price. We, we get a small percentage mm-hmm. of, of, of um, reseller rebate or something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to actually, you need the, the platform and the app once. So you have to pay for the app and the platform once. Mm-hmm. And then you can use it for one side or 100 sides. We don't care. It's mm-hmm. basically the money that we need to set up the system. Okay. And we also have customers that are a bit smaller, or maybe they only have one door or whatever, then it really makes no sense. In Step, this case, we're flexible and trying to split that over, so, let's say, certain locations. That's also possible. So, sorry for, sorry for interrupting, but I'll have to and add. On top like, of that. Stefan, can you hear me? Sorry. Stefan? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, I'll, I'll have to yes. ask that question again because it uh, it cut off whenever I asked it. Okay. So um, I'll I'll ask and then we'll I'll just I'm just yeah. gonna mark this. We'll cut that bit we just did out, and then we'll just do that bit again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Stefan, are you able to uh, explain roughly what the cost is uh, for the system? Yes, basically you have two parts. One is the, the hardware part. We're using external hardware. So here we're a bit bound on, on the hardware prices of the, of these suppliers. Um, and you need to have uh, the setup of the app and the software once. It's the one-time payment. So you can use it then for 100 locations, 200 locations, or just one location. Uh, here we're also flexible. If we have smaller customers, then we can also split that that cost over several locations if they want. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we have this fee, the monthly fee, which is for for running the whole system, uh, for the whole infrastructure, for the support part, and so on and so forth, uh, and updating the app and new features and so forth. Mm -hmm. And this fee, there are also two options. One is we, we charge it per box. So if you have a box access, then you charge a certain amount of, of euro per, per box. Mm -hmm. And we don't care about the outer shell. So all the other accesses and elevators are all in that fee included. And if you are just doing the outer shell, then we normally work on, 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 on fixed pricing per location, uh, which is discussed depending on the size of the location, size of the customer. Okay. So we were very flexible on this one. Okay. So there's a, there's a one-off setup cost. Uh, and then there, there is a, an ongoing fee then uh, That's correct. with the software. And that can be yeah. either by box if you're doing it by box or maybe by site if it's just the, the share yeah. that you get. Correct. And th th that's normally something we're very flexible. We're discussing that. And then we also we, we also have customers that have they tell us like, oh, um, I have an investor in the background, so my OPEC should be lower. Uh, I'd rather pay CAPEX. Then we can also shift. Uh, part of the monthly fee into the CAPEX. That's also possible. We are a small okay. company and we are flexible on this one. Okay, okay. Okay, and um, what countries do do you support? Where is uh, Sedisto available? Uh, Sedisto is available all over, all over Europe. Okay. And um, apparently we have set up also the uh, Asian uh, installation now. So we have a, right. also a backend in Asia because you need that locally because of the latency. Um, and that's the second continent we're doing at the moment. So it's Asia and Europe. Um, okay. The US would be a target for the future one day. Okay. 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 Um, uh, and if uh, you know, if we've got a listener who wants to find out more about uh, Sadisto and getting it installed, um, where should they go to uh, to reach out to you or your team? Well, the, the, first of all, I'm, I can say that if you go to YouTube and you just put in Zedisto, then you will find only one video. <laughs> and that yeah. one video explains a little bit how it works in real life. So it's a real life situation there, 40 seconds. So everybody can have a look at it. Okay. Otherwise, our webpage, which is uh, uh, www.zedisto.com. Uh, and here you find all the call to action buttons, uh, also for the support part, or you can see more information in it. And, uh, then you can reach out to us, uh, via phone, WhatsApp, email, um, <laughs> a ticket system. So there are several options to get us now. Okay. Okay. So the webpage is sadisto.com. That's S E D I S T O.com. Correct. Uh, and you can get lots more information there. And it sounds like the YouTube video is a good place to start as well. Uh, to see more about the, the the solution, is there anything else that um, you know you think listeners uh, should know about the system? Is there anything we haven't covered that uh, is is an important part of your system? Sorry, Stefan. Uh, you broke up. Okay. You, you broke up. It says you, you just said, "Is there anything else?" And then it was broken. 
Okay, I'll mark this and we'll, we'll cut that. So uh, I'll, do, I'll ask again. Uh, so Stefan, is there anything else that listeners should know about Sadisto? Anything that we haven't covered uh, on, on the call so far? I think we have covered most of it. I think what is important to know is that this is, I, I believe, the most modern system at the moment. Also, when it comes to APIs, I'm just saying, giving an example. If you need a dedicated API, so we have, of course, integration with companies like yours and others. But if somebody for any other reason needs an API, they can click their API together in our backend and then create their own API code. So it's very, very uh, easy, actually, API key story. Um, it's very easy to work with us and we are fully flexible. Uh, I think that's that's the key thing. It's the most modern system. Okay, okay. Great, well, thanks very much. Um, uh, great to hear all about Sadisto uh, and um, I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Are you going to be at the, so it sounds like you're going to be at Fidesa this year. Uh, will you be at the uh, SSA event in uh, in the UK? I'll be in, in Madrid, I'll be in Birmingham, I'll be in Stockholm. Yeah, everywhere. Lots of air miles. <laughs> um, okay, Stefan. No, actually, no, actually not, no air miles because I use a camper van because I have a demo box. So I have ah. a demo box and I drive with my demo box across Europe. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So anyone at these uh, these events can come and actually see the locks and, uh, and play with them then, it sounds like. Um, okay. Stefan, thank you very much. You can see the live system, yeah, correct. Um, All right. Uh, I'm just going to just going to do it one more time. Stefan, thank you very much, uh, and um, yeah, great to chat to you, and I'll see you soon. Hopefully, yeah. See you, Gavin. Thanks very Bye. much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Self Storage Explained, where we aim to provide expert advice on how to set up and scale your self storage business. For more resources, including financial models and in-depth guides for setting up or growing your business, visit our self-storage academy at stora.co, at stora.co forward slash academy. And if you would like to find out more about how Stora can help your business grow sales and save time, set up a demo or contact us at stora.co, that's stora.co. Thank you.